This episode is dedicated to anyone out there that experienced a traumatic event as a child or in their teenage years. This episode is also dedicated to any teenagers or kids who's listening to the Sober's Dope podcast that's dealing with mental health and addiction. I love you all. Okay. Um, this topic is very important to me. And I just want to let you guys know that you're not alone. I hope you enjoy, and I'll catch you soon. This dope podcast is about the sober lifestyle, style, style. I promise motivation, inspiration, and transformation. The sober is dope podcast is about the sober lifestyle, style, style. I was able to transform my mind and body and spirit. We won't steer you wrong. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Sober is Dope podcast. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan, and today I want to talk to you fine ladies and gentlemen about childhood trauma and what that means, how it affects us, how it follows you, and I want to give you guys some tips on how to deal with that. Um, When we talk about mental health and we talk about addiction and we talk about recovery, we have to go all the way back to the beginning. And a lot of our trauma and sadness and anxiety um, in most cases can stem from our childhood, whether it be a death in the family, a separation from parents and maybe parents are going through a divorce, maybe living with one parent. We did an episode on children of adult alcoholics and I'm dealing maybe with a parent with addiction or maybe some abuse there, maybe some outside abuse. But, you know, it's very important to talk about this because we have to all retrace our origin story when we're trying to get healthy. For me and my recovery, to be quite honest, it did not start to seem realistic until I was actually sitting in the chair with the therapist And I started talking about my life. I started really expressing myself. And I think being able to express myself in a safe, non-judgmental place started to uncover a lot of things about myself I was not aware of just by speaking freely, right? Um, Things about my childhood. I didn't always know I had specific bereavement issues and develop a form of trauma from my child, from my dad's death when I was um, 13 years old, right? And my dad was sick, you know, he was sick for about a year leading up to that. So I think it was like 12, 11, 11 and 12, seeing my dad decline and, you know, and then watching him die in front of me, that led to a lot of issues later on in my life, right? So things seemed normal. I was still a normal kid. I grew up. I think one of the issues was my exposure to weed at a younger age. I started smoking weed, I think, around 15. That was a thing that young kids did back in the 90s. But it was one of my biggest regrets because I think that kind of, like, opened up a lot of internal stresses and trauma that I had. And I think maybe it led to some trauma, maybe brain trauma. I think I was smoking in a pre-pubescent age and... I think just being that young and it wasn't healthy. And without therapy, I wouldn't have been able to understand those things about myself. Like 
having a serious relationship. I was in a very serious, intense relationship from 17 to about 22, you know, um, and then, you know, from 13 to 15, I was going from really, I had, you know, my, that was my adolescent stage where I was becoming a young man. So I think it was a lot of arrested development in my life. Um, I did come from a very beautiful family. My upbringing was really cool. Um, my mom and dad made sure we had as much things as we needed. Uh, you know, I think growing up in a small apartment and seeing the dynamic between my mother and father taught me a lot about love also taught me a lot about the complexities of a relationship my mom and dad would have their arguments because they were like normal people they were still young you know um and you know always seeing them go back and forth they may have a fight they may make up and their particular love story taught me a lot um but overall that's part of my origin story and um I think childhood trauma can come from various places, maybe not always suggestive. It's not always um, um, considered childhood abuse in most cases. You could have childhood trauma maybe from something as simple as your family separating. doesn't mean you was abused. It just means that that particular thing shifted your um, unique makeup and it made you more susceptible to develop um, maybe mental health issues later on or maybe anxiety issues and stuff like that. I think for me, I develop anxiety and a lot of stress and I tend to worry way too much. Even now, I mean, I had half of my hair was gray by the time I was 23 and I mean, it wasn't as noticeable, but if you really look closely, it was a lot, it was an abnormal amount of gray hair for such a young guy. And I think that was because I used to think a lot, I ruminated a lot, I used to worry about, I lived in the future of what if too much and for too long. And that I think came from the sheer fear of trying to play out the scenarios of my father potential death in my head as a young kid from 11 to 12 I used to always be like oh man dad's sick again and you know this and that and you know I don't know I don't want him to die what if he dies and it was this constant living in the potential of what could go wrong and then witnessing that fear actually manifest in my life in a short period of time my worst case scenario you know ensued right in front of me um it just was horrible man and it just was tough and I think after that I just started to develop in this negative association between life and death and uh, my mortality my the people that I love's mortality life expectancy it's just been this thing so now I'm kind of callous when I hear someone dies I'm kind of like well people die and things happen and I'm really don't get too emotional unless it really hits home and it has to hit really close to home it doesn't mean that I don't love it just means I'm a I'm um I dealt with that trauma at such a long a young age and then a lot of friends and family passed away since then and then I just developed this kind of like you know uh, things happen kind of type of deal and I think that's just a um 
coping mechanism for me. Um, you know, I don't mean to seem insensitive. I just think that I just, I'm all cried out. I, you know, I'm done with the bereavement. I think death is part of our reality and we have to be prepared for it. And I think we have to honor our potential um, to live forever in the spirit. I believe in the afterlife. Thank the God. I believe in heaven. I believe that we existed beforehand. We would exist after. I also believe energy does not die. It can only be confined or transformed, which I learned that in physics. And that always stuck with me because our spiritual energy is pure energy. And I think that always survives in some way. So, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to do this episode for you guys because I don't know what your origin story is, you know? You know mine's now, but if you're someone that's dealing with recovery, if you're someone in active addiction, and if you're someone that, um, you know, if you're someone dealing with mental health issues, maybe going back to the beginning and looking at your childhood and identifying if you were a victim of some childhood trauma or abuse, Maybe that could help start to put together the pieces for you. And um, in my case, that helped me. And that's why seven years later, and I'm still sober, I get excited when I think about my dad. I don't cry. I don't get, you know, I healed that part of my past. um, And I healed a lot of the trauma. And I'm still healing and I'm still working on it. Um, A few signs real quick before I go into the actual full episode a few signs that you may be experiencing signs of childhood trauma um you you can't remember your younger years i think for me they call it flashbulb memories maybe this could be a sign where if you think about your past it's like flashbulb memories like a a flash of a place a scene but you can't really figure out the whole event you can't see things from start to finish you know, your past is kind of like one big blur. I think in my case, that was from the weed smoke. I should not have smoked weed at 15. Um, so, you know, maybe that's my thing. I'm not sure if that was trauma related. I don't have the best recollection of everything from my past. I remember a lot, though. Um, another thing could be um, you find yourself in constant toxic relationships. And this is something you may hear a lot, but people who suffer from childhood trauma tend to develop something they call a more fearful avoidant lifestyle um and that kind of puts them in relationships that's more toxic so just identify that in yourself you may feel like you don't deserve love at all um they call this an anxious preoccupied attachment so this is your situation if you're someone who feels like you don't i know a lot of people um, that are in that have people in their life that really wants to love them and they have a problem receiving that love because they feel like they don't deserve it so they feel like the person's genuine interest and in love is um not authentic right so they feel like it's not genuine love or it's not for them and they tend to brush these people off and gravitate towards more abusive people and this is something that always blew my mind because you'll see it with the hot, you'll see the, like, they call it the tool, the girl who's with the tool who treats her like shit 
but he's hot and he's aggressive and he's dismissive and he tends to, he's the bad guy. And then you have this good guy who loves her and would do anything for her, but she's not interested. This may be, it just may be because she is, she lives a fearful avoidant lifestyle and it may be because of some childhood disappointment or trauma, right? And you will find later on in life these particular individuals, and this goes the same way for guys. Um, it just goes both ways, all right? Um, but you may see later on that as these people begin to heal, they'll wind up, you know, in more suitable, stable mutually loving relationships right so but this is something to keep in mind if you're young and you're in an abusive relationship and you seem you can't get out of it it may be because it's somehow related to something in your childhood also passive aggressive behavior you may notice that as a sign um you know you may let people kind of do step on you or talk to you however you want. You may be having problems expressing yourself. You may be accepting to abuse or unwarranted abuse. And so may you may have to look at that. Look at your personality and see if you identify with these things. Because if you do, then maybe this is the beginning of some form of therapy or healing. Because if you can identify, then maybe you can say, wait a minute. I never thought about it this way. Um, also, negative self-talk is amplified. We know this. Um, I suck. Uh, so, you know, I can never get a break. Nobody loves me. These type of things can be a result of your psychology. And it could be it could stem from your childhood and your upbringing. Also, um, you tend to ride an emotional roller coaster constantly up and down and, you know, sad one minute, happy one minute. This is something that we see in a lot of mental health issues um, with people who suffer from just anxiety and stress and depression and the full gamut. Um, and, and lastly, you don't know who you are. You can't identify with yourself. You don't have a true central identity of who you are. This can be something that... Um, you may be dealing with so ladies and gentlemen that's the first part um you're listening to the sober is dope podcast this is your host pop buchanan i'm your host pop buchanan um with we're monday this is our monday motivation you know i'm hit you know i I go heavy from monday through friday for you guys because i love you and i like for us to relax on the weekend and maybe just chill and you know have fun and live our creative uh our best creative lives um so this episode i wanted to bring to you guys as part of our recovery series and also as a tag along to our mental health series Um, i'm gonna cut to a short message from our sponsor ladies and gentlemen and then we're gonna go into ways in which we can heal from childhood trauma i'll catch you on the other side Trauma occurs in many forms, ranging from verbal to physical and or sexual. Whether you've personally experienced abuse or have witnessed it, we want you to know that it's not your fault, nor are you alone. Not only is it hard to talk about, but it follows you even after it's over. We hope wherever you are today that you're in a safer place. Our hearts go out to anyone who's been a victim of childhood abuse. In our description box below, we've included a few hotlines in case you need to contact someone for help. As always, you can also reach out in the comment box. Here are 7 ways childhood trauma follows you into adulthood. 1. You can't seem to remember much of your younger years at all. 
Do your high school years feel like a blur? You might find yourself drawing a blank when someone brings up a childhood memory and you can't recall the same one. People with childhood trauma may experience flashbulb memories in which they remember vivid moments, but not the full event. When you look back on the past, it's made up of more black holes than fully written chapters. You might even feel like someone or something has stolen your childhood, depending on the severity of the events. 2. You find yourself in toxic relationships. If you've ever watched or read The Perks of Being a Wallflower, you'd be familiar with the quote, We accept the love we think we deserve. When you grow up in a household devoid of love and emotional support, healthy relationships are a foreign concept to you. In fact, many people who face childhood trauma often adapt the fearful avoidant attachment style, where they want emotionally close relationships, but find it hard to trust or depend on others completely. Consequently, without knowing it, you might seek destructive relationships, mistaking the mistreatment and uncertainty for excitement. 3. Or you feel like you don't deserve love at all. People who experienced abuse in their childhoods might avoid romantic relationships altogether, believing they can't be loved by others. This is known as the anxious preoccupied attachment, where the individual wants to establish emotional intimacy with others, but often fears rejection. As a result, vulnerability is usually avoided when they've only been hurt by people they once trusted. This kind of trauma doesn't just ache, it ruins you. 4. You develop passive aggressiveness. Did you grow up in a household with anger all the time? It can be so scarring that you might even grow fearful of this emotion. You learned at a young age that none of your emotional needs were important, so you've only resorted to burying or suppressing them. As you reach adulthood, you'll continue to exercise passive-aggressive behavior because straightforward communication was avoided when you were a child. 5. Negative self-talk is amplified. Childhood trauma gets into victims' heads and makes them believe they won't ever be good enough. It's not something they can just snap out of or fix with positivity. It's scary and real how convincing their parents might have been when their words and actions cut them deep. 6. You ride an emotional roller coaster. You might either feel too much or not enough at all. Trauma can cause a disruption in your emotional well-being. Signs include troublemaking decisions, impulsive behavior, and random outbursts of anger or frustration. 7. You don't know who you are. Identity is difficult, but it seems more impossible to grasp or pin down when you face childhood trauma. It's slippery like a fish, and the more you try to see yourself, the less you begin to recognize who you thought you were. Have you or anyone you know experienced any of these symptoms? Please share your thoughts with us below. We're an open-minded team and we will never judge you for your stories. In fact, we often find them inspiring. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more helpful tips and share this video with others. Thanks so much for watching! If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for being patient. I hope you found value in that first segment. Now, this second segment and is about childhood trauma, and it's about ways to heal um, from childhood trauma. And I just want to thank Psych2Go for their beautiful information. It gives me a lot of clarity. And, um, you know, I noticed that um, and since 2019, going into 2020, just, you know, being on the front line for mental health awareness, there's so much that the scientific community is doing to get ahead of the mental health crisis and to help humanity. We just did an episode with the owner and president of Good and Healthy, Chris Bavacqua, who is a big proponent of exercise and nutrition being one of the fundamental cures for mental health illness and something that could really help. He talks about the gut and brain connection. Check out that last episode. It was very informative. Chris has a very good take on it. And um, we covered information like that, such as the anti-inflammatory diet and maybe our diet and exercise could enhance our vital neurotransmitter hormones and help us feel better. As far as childhood trauma, um, when we talk about therapy and stuff and going back to the beginning, this is so important. So when we talk about ways to heal, I'm always interested in bringing tips and tangible things that we can do. Um, One of the things off the top was we did an episode called Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, and I think that could like help kind of like restructure, reframe the negative thought processes and our negative self-talk and the way we look about our, look at our lives. And sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves for things that happened when we were kids. And anything that could have happened when you was a child was outside of your control. So when you kind of could trace back things about yourself now that impacts you negatively and you could connect that back to your childhood, you kind of take a little load off your shoulders and say, you know what, I'm going to be a little bit more patient with myself because I'm still working on that and I'm working on myself, right? And you could say this happened to me when I was younger and I didn't have control and maybe I should, you know, now that I can identify that, I can begin to heal, right? So that's what the purpose of all of this is for so we can start healing right remember this podcast is not about ratings it's not about pop you it's not about us me being cool it's not about trying to just rise some trend it's really about us healing and recovering and really getting to the bottom of what hurt us and it's really about improving the quality of our lives our spiritual lives, our psychological and mental lives, and well-being, right? So with that being said, let's look at these tips, and then I'm going to go into the clip, and then we can just close this out. Ways to heal from childhood trauma. So one thing we know is is the is not a one-size-fit-all thing, so we give props to the scientific community for basically trying to create various approaches to this, right? But the one of the things we we could do now if you can't afford therapy if you can't if you don't have the insurance try to find someone in your life that's a good listener right um this is very important having a good listener someone in your life that you can kind of vent to that's gonna be kind of like emotionally neutral and just allow you to express yourself that's very important um 
you know, even in my particular relationship, sometimes I have to just like with my friends or maybe family, sometimes you just got to really level with somebody. And it's hard. It's hard because it's a lot of people don't always have enough time for you to really get it all out. They may say what's wrong and then you'll start talking and after a while. They go, all right, well, you know, let's catch up later, maybe get some lunch. And you're like, well, man, you didn't even... I need I need time to really express myself. So, so talk to someone, say, look, do you have a good hour? You know, I would say one hour is a good session if you can't afford therapy to have a friend or family and say, I just want to like let you know what's get off get this off my chest. Maybe you could take some notes, let me know what you think, or maybe just like allow me to speak. Um that'll help. Um another thing that helps is you know, try not to shut shut out your emotions, right? Um, you know, just shutting them out, cutting them off, repressing them and not acknowledging them and saying, you know what, forget it. No one know and just give up. This is a form of giving up or is this a protective mechanism, but you really have to be open, all right? Allow yourself to be open. I, I would never have thought about, I would never have initiated the Sober is Dope podcast Unless I knew I was ready to open up publicly into the whole entire world, right? The nature of who I am, my story, and stuff like that. So this is a therapeutic step for me, all right? Because for many years, I was the guy that was always happy and would make everyone else happy. You know what I'm saying? I would never, you would never think Pop had some issues. I was always naturally extremely excited, energetic, party-type personality, right? But deep down, there was always a, a, a flip side to that that I never really could access. I could not access the deeper emotional downside or dark side of me because I was so driven and I was so, it was just so easy for me to be happy. So even, I remember even at my father's, like, um, when we, my father's, um, you know, memorial after he passed, everyone, you know, his repast, when everyone goes back to the house and stuff, and I'm up there entertaining people, you know, dancing, trying to talk to my uncles who came in from St. Kitts, I'm up here asking people what they want, I'm break dancing, I'm doing all of this, and you know, two hours ago, I was crying my eyes out, and although I was sad, somehow I just shut that off, like I just shut it off, and I just continuously was just this happy kid, and just was totally gung-ho for like the next 15 to 20 years, and then one day, I just realized, yo, can't repress all of these emotions you got to let them out because it's unhealthy and it manifests as addictions and all of this other stuff right um so just kind of let things out um another thing is well what we did an episode on music therapy and i think that finding good music now there's music that will play off of your sadness and depression and that would keep you in that state. I'm totally against that. When you're talking about music therapy, don't listen to music that make you want to ride the wave of sadness, anger, and depression. And you guys know what I'm talking about. You got those songs that you can sit in a dark room and it just sings so perfectly to your pain. And you can ride that pain, man, to the bank, boy. You get yourself a good drink. You get yourself a good smoke. You get yourself some tissues and you listen to the sad shit until you feel like someone understands you. But that's not therapy. That's just staying within the darkness. That's a thing that I hated. I used to do that a lot. And I remember one time time this is a good side story man um i had a roommate right when i was going through a dark period back when i was younger 
And I would play this song Mad World all day after I had went through a breakup and I was pissed and I was sad though and I would smoke cigarettes and drink beers and I would just sit by my computer and I would blast through the apartment Mad World. So the first day I did it, 24 hours straight, Mad World on repeat. The saddest song you could ever hear in your life. Second day, halfway to the third day, <laughs> my roommate came upstairs and he pulled the plug. I forgot what he did. I think he pulled the plug or he ripped the speakers out the computer. And he was like, yo, what the hell are you doing? You making the whole building sad, man. You can't, like, what the hell? And that's when I realized sitting in my darkness is unhealthy. He was like, come on, man. Let's go outside. Let's get some air, man. You can't stay in this room. And then I remember one of my close friends going through a, a sad point in their life. And they were sitting in the room. They're listening to all of this sad music. And then I was the one, you know, I, the shoe was on the other foot. I went in the room and said, nah, enough is enough. I bought him flowers. I got him some, you know, some food. And I was like, look, you're going through something. I'm willing to go through it with you. But please, I was here not too long ago. And the worst thing you could do is sit here and just play this sad damn music all day. So with music therapy, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you this story to connect to you. If you're going through something rough and you're really sad, play music that inspires you, motivates you and uplift you and leave that sad love song alone. All right. Um, breathing. Lastly, breathing. We, we talked about this. Sometimes slowing down and breathing and relaxing can help you bring your um, mood to a, a safe place. You get to a more um, comfortable place where you could express yourself. So just keep yourself in your breathing. Be mindful of that. So ladies and gentlemen, listen, I want to cut to a clip where you go in a little bit more detail from this. As you know, um, these clips are from Psych2Go. So go to Psych2Go.com. Check them out on YouTube. They have a lot of good self-help tips. They break down a lot of things for us. Ladies and gentlemen, no matter what, if you're if you're suffering from childhood trauma, um, even I would say childhood trauma could stem from, you know, really young, well, you know, one or two, all the way up until when you're 17, 18. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, you know, we're sensitive throughout our whole lives. And I think a lot of us may have been hurt in our teenage years. And that may, that's really when the love and the real emotional detachments and attachments start to form. And if you're a young kid and you're listening to this, because a lot of people who listen to the Sober Dope podcast are young. If you're young and you're hearing this, I'm Pop Buchanan. I love you guys. I don't want you to suffer forever. And I, I want you as soon as possible to find healing so go talk to someone write it down you know you can hit me up or, um, on Instagram or Facebook at Pop Buchanan or at Monk Healing or at Soap is Dope also um, you can hit me up on Twitter at Monk Healing um, at Pop Buchanan at Soap is Dope and you can always email me at Monk Healing H-E-A-L-I-N-G at gmail.com um, the reason why I, I don't say, you know, you can reach me at Sopa is dope at Gmail is because I like to switch off the concept sometimes. This whole podcast is about healing, right? And when I started the company Monk Healing and Monk Energy, it was because when I was in my addiction, people used to call me the Hulk. And as I started to show signs of sobriety, I was so different and calm. They started to call me the Monk. 
right? So, you know, that's that parallel I'm able to look at. So my healing made me more like a monk and my addiction made me more like the Hulk. So that's where the company Monk Healing comes from. And I always try to bring this focus back to healing and recovery. We're recovering from something and recovering to something or we're recovering from our addiction and healing into, you know, living our best life, right? So enjoy this, ladies and gentlemen. I love you all, and I'll catch you on the other side. Let's get one thing straight. Childhood abuse is a very serious thing, and watching a simple YouTube video isn't going to make this traumatic experience disappear. While we try our best here at Psych2Go, we definitely don't claim to have all the answers. That being said, the entire psychological world is working extremely hard to help by identifying side effects, causes, and proper ways to cope with childhood abuse. In 2019, healthcare professionals are developing some pretty groundbreaking methods. So let's shine a light on their hard work. Part one, different methods for each person. If there's one thing that researchers have discovered after all these years, it's that one size definitely does not fit all. Trying to create a universal approach for every person who has experienced child abuse is ineffective, because everyone is different. According to the new school of thought, treatment should be tailored to each individual's experiences and personality. Therapists are also careful not to make assumptions or broad generalizations. 2. Find a good listener it always helps to find a good listener. Please remember that you're never alone and there is always someone who is willing to listen. Another modern technique is called component-based psychotherapy and it encourages therapists to simply sit back and listen. In this extremely passive approach, therapists don't express much emotion as they hear stories of childhood abuse. They're simply acting as an audience. Even though they might want to express emotional support or remorse, studies show this can sometimes backfire as it influences the patient's train of thought. Part three, don't shut out your emotions. One of the biggest challenges associated with childhood trauma is something called clinical disassociation. This is when people shut down emotionally, space out and feel numb. In some cases, we might even suppress certain emotions and memories. Sometimes we do this on a subconscious level and that's why it poses such a challenge for therapists. We train ourselves to subdue and suppress these emotions when we should be accepting the pain, hardship, and trauma. Of course, this is easier said than done, and this process can be quite the journey. But with the help of healthcare professionals, this healing seems a lot less daunting. Part four, release anger through exercise. Those dealing with childhood abuse may feel intense anger, often due to various reasons linked to their trauma. This anger can also be buried deep within their psyches, only to be released when certain words are said or things are done to us. However, when we suppress our anger, we run the risk of releasing that rage in unhealthy ways, threatening the safety of ourselves and possibly the ones we love. Sometimes clinical treatment isn't enough to release this anger. One study addressed this issue and found that rigorous exercise could be a possible solution as well as meditation and yoga. Part five, biofeedback therapy. Another interesting method used by therapists today is biofeedback therapy. This is when patients learn how to control things like their heart rate, muscle tension, and blood pressure with only their mind. 
Typically, patients are connected with electrodes and monitored by therapists. Through trial and error, they learn which relaxation methods work best for them. Studies show this method works best as an intermediate stage before psychotherapy. Part 6. Breathing Exercises Although this might seem like a simple fix, simple breathing exercises provide immense relief to those dealing with childhood abuse, PTSD, and anxiety. There are many special breathing exercises that you can try to help with relaxation. Although this might not provide the same level of treatment as a professional therapist, it could be a good start, especially if you're not ready for therapy or you don't have the means to afford consistent therapy sessions. There's even something called music therapy, which uses music to help with breathing and relaxation. This method of therapy is proven to improve heart rates, reduce anxiety, stimulate the brain, and improve learning. Once again, the simple YouTube channel won't be enough for something as serious as childhood abuse. But nonetheless, we hope that the strategies we've provided give you a starting point in your road to recovery. Ladies and gentlemen, that's very, very emotional and very, very um, powerful. I know if this subject hits home to you, I want you to know that I brought this to you with great care. And look, ladies and gentlemen, we could do a lot of healing if we just addressed our past. And if we put this in perspective, childhood trauma and abuse is real serious. Um, before I go, I just want to say that this episode was geared towards adults and how and how we could heal from childhood trauma or abuse um but i also just want to send something out there if any of us know of any children that's experiencing trauma or abuse i urge you to both report it um intervene and be a hero to them um because we don't want to see any children sad or hurt and if you notice that you know, if you have a, an important, a powerful or a sad event that happens, if it's a loss in the family, if there's some type of divorce or separation, if there is some type of environment in which a kid can experience trauma through maybe it's a hostile environment, it's, ex it's ex excessive fighting, or maybe there's a substance uh, abuse happening. Um, a substance use disorder environment where kids are exposed to the negative effects of alcoholism or drug use. Um, just know that these are traumatic experiences and we can help kids. So here's a few tips um, helping children cope after a traumatic event before we go, just to put this in perspective and bring it full circle. Um, one, make your child feel safe or make the kid feel safe. So if you know there's a traumatic event, reassure the child that you know everything is going to be okay and really go out your way to make them feel comfortable and safe try to remain as calm as possible to you know because children tend to mirror you know we have mirror neurons in which we're able to mimic or mirror our parents or our environment so if we're um, not calm and we're um, agitated we could just set the kid off so try to remain calm maintain routines as much as possible so if there's a traumatic event try to keep the kid in his routine whether that's school um, basketball soccer practice karate um, maybe you know seeing their friends on a regular schedule try to maintain a positive routine um, try to help the children enjoy themselves that's very important you know kind of encourage them to have fun break them out of the slump 
um, share information about what happened. I think as adults, what we tend to do with children is we treat them as kids and children are highly intelligent. You know, when I was 11 and my dad, even when I knew my dad was like sick, no one actually sat me down and said, listen, your dad is sick. This is what's happening. This is what this what may happen. I was just noticing the signs, afraid to ask anyone about it, noticing my father's decline and then eventually witnessing him pass away. Um, and I think if I had, and I'm not blaming anyone in my family, I think we all try our best, but I think if someone sat me down and kind of let me know what was going on, what was possible, I would have been better prepared. So prepare your children and share information about what's happening or what happened. Um, that could help with their healing. Pick good times to talk to your children. I mean, you know, just don't, you know, bombard them with um bad information try to you know maybe take them out for their favorite drink or ice cream maybe take them to a movie and prior to that say hey i just want to talk to you one-on-one that helps um prevent or limit exposure to news coverage so if it's a traumatic event or if it's something like a death in the family try to like you know don't have the kid around the adults when they're going through all the gory details or maybe the sad details or the, you know, kind of protect them, limit the information and you can explain, explain to them the situation in the most healthy way, um, on your own terms. Um, also understand that children cope in different ways. So here's a few tips, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, childhood abuse and childhood trauma definitely follows the adult and that could be the precursor of depression sadness um negative outlook on life addiction and um depression anxiety and we just want to minimize the damage um so we can live our best life so i hope you found this episode useful and i hope there's some positive takeaways if you enjoyed this episode, shoot me an email at monkhealing at gmail.com. Leave a positive review on our Apple podcast or wherever you're listening at. Um, it helps the podcast get in front of more eyes. So please, if you find any value from this podcast, please share it with other people that may benefit from it and leave a positive um, review for us. I love you all. My name is Pop Buchanan. I love you and I'll catch you on the other side.